Hi, this is Jay Webb for International Gospel Hour. Since 1934, Churches of Christ have proclaimed God's Word through International Gospel Hour. Please stay tuned for another lesson on this program by Jeff Archie. Are you listening? Thank you very much, Jay, and hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us today for our study. We treasure each and every one of our listeners, and we are grateful for you and your time, and we appreciate your kind responses to our broadcast as we study the Bible together. If I turned back the clock to ancient time and was a citizen of Rome, and I saw a cross or witnessed a crucifixion, it would tell me that someone was on that cross who was a rebellious foreigner an enemy of the military, or maybe a violent criminal or a robber. I would be reminded that my fellow citizens and the government considered crucifixion to be the most shameful, the most painful, and the most abhorrent of all executions. I would be reminded of these things if I were back in that time and realized that when it came to this type of punishment, this was truly death row and truly the death penalty. I could ask the Roman statesman Cicero, and he would call it the most cruel and disgusting penalty, and also the most extreme penalty, as he was quoted from Verim, Volume 2. The Roman jurist Julius Paulus listed crucifixion in first place as the worst of all capital punishment, listing it ahead of death by burning, death by beheading, or death by the wild beast. A person would rather die one of these three deaths, which indeed are horrible, than crucifixion. Can you imagine someone would opt to be burned, to think of that horrid pain, rather than crucifixion? Maybe it's because they would burn quickly. Death by beheading would be quick and sudden. Leading up to it would be of such great anxiety but it would be swift, rather than crucifixion. Death by the wild beast. You could possibly battle, but you would not overcome all those wild beasts that have within them the wildness and the lack of being tame and could tear a person apart. Isn't it amazing that these three deaths, again, which are horrible, would be chosen rather than crucifixion? It would be a study in and of itself to when we talk about crucifixion and how it wasn't necessarily blood loss that took the person's life, but rather the constant gasping for air, the lungs filling with fluid, how the muscles would twitch and how they would cringe and knot up when a person would try to push up for breath and then sag back down with the pulling of that. A constant, cruel, cruel way to go. However, dear friends, when I see the cross of Jesus Christ, knowing of the physical sadness and the horrid therein, it tells me some wonderful and amazing things. Although cruel and inhumane, the lessons of grace, hope, and peace are deeper and stronger. To think how Jesus died, as I mentioned a moment ago, that horrid death, but yet I see the advantage, and I see the opportunity that it grants to me and to you. 
Wendell Winkler was a longtime gospel preacher in Churches of Christ. Many years ago in a lectureship in Denton, Texas, Brother Winkler made this comment concerning the cross of Jesus Christ. He said it is heaven's pledge, the sinner's plea, the Christian's hope, and the devil's defeat. Heaven made a pledge unto man. Jesus gave His life, and God sent His Son to die for us. And we have that pledge of heaven that awaits those who are obedient to the cross of Christ. It is the sinner's plea because there's not another plea that would save us. We have to plea for the cross of Christ to redeem us. The Christian's hope, oh, what a blessed walk each day. And yes, the devil's defeat, that the cross of Christ and Jesus overcoming death has rendered Satan powerless. The Apostle Paul stated in Galatians 6.14, But God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. You know, I think of that hymn that has the line, In the cross, in the cross, be my glory ever. What does the cross of Jesus Christ tell us today? Let's study this on this hour. But first, a special gift to you that our Jay Webb will tell us about. Jay? Hey friends, for listening today, we'd like to send you absolutely free a book titled The Glory and Agony of the Cross. May we send it to you? Please call toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988 and leave your name, address, and just say, Cross Book. That's it. Again, call toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988 and please leave your name, address, and just say, Cross Book. You may also go to our website at internationalgospelhour.com, click on the Contact tab, and leave us the same information name, address, and type CROSSBOOK. We'll send it right away. We trust this study of the cross of Christ will be encouraging. Let's go back to Jeff. What does the cross of Christ tell us? The cross tells us that mankind has hope because of sin. You know, because sin has entered into the world, mankind does have hope. Ecclesiastes 7.20 says, For there is not a just man upon this earth that does good and sins not. We're going to sin. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Well, there's not a just man upon this earth that does good and sins not. It's going to happen. Dear friends, sin is a part of our lives. But how do we address that sin? Listen to how God addresses sin through Romans chapter 5, beginning with verse 6. The Bible says, For when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates His own love toward us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than, having now been justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God through the death of His Son, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. As ungodly sinners and enemies, 
It took the death of Christ to change my life because I was lost. And it stands the same for any of us that are lost. I love to consider that Romans 5 text, We were without strength. Christ died for the ungodly. He paid the price, and we don't have to turn away. And then when we think of how God demonstrated His own love toward us, in that while we were still sinners. I mean, for a sinner, one would die for him? I mean, back up into verse 7, For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. To God be the glory. The blood that was shed upon the cross is the blood that will justify our lives if we are saved from wrath through Him. Again, dear friends, as ungodly sinners and enemies, it took the death of Christ to change those lives, that type of living, because they were lost. And as the cross tells one of his or her in a lost state, please know there is hope. Sometimes we think there is no hope for us, But as long as we learn of the cross and the price that was paid, there is always hope for mankind if mankind will but accept that hope. And he can only do it at the cross of Jesus Christ because the cross tells us there is hope. Secondly, what does the cross tell us? The cross tells us that one cannot save himself. You know, I love to spend time looking at parables that Jesus taught. And in Luke, the 15th chapter, and time will not permit us to look at each parable individually today, but I think of the wonderful parables of Luke, chapter 15. When I look at verses 4 through 7, and I find that lost sheep and how one left the ninety and nine to go find it, it's evident that the sheep could not save itself. Ever how it wandered away or became separate from the flock, it subjected itself to danger. And the sheep would not know how to get back because sheep are led by a shepherd. When they could not any longer hear the shepherd's voice, there was nothing the sheep could do. It took the shepherd coming to find the sheep. In other words, he cannot save himself. There's nothing the sheep could do on his own to redeem himself. How about in verses 8 through 10 of the coin that was lost? And how she swept the house diligently until she found it. That lost coin. That lost coin did not have the power to save itself. It could not just pop up and say, here I am. When it was lost, she had to seek it. That coin did not have the power. How about when we look at verses 11 through 32 that deal with the prodigal son and the elder brother? The lost son realized he could not save himself. When he realized he was in that hog pen and he was feeding those hogs and he thought of the servants back at the house of his father who had more to eat than he did, how the Bible says that fain would have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, no man gave unto him. You know, I've never been so hungry that I would want to eat what the hogs would eat. You see, he could not save himself. Remember the key words, I will arise and I will go to my father. If he would have stayed right there in that land, feeding those hogs, he would have still been lost. He couldn't save himself. The older brother with his attitude, he needed to change that attitude. He couldn't save himself. 
When I look at the parable of Jesus Christ or the parable of Luke 15 that Jesus Christ taught and look at all these wonderful parables, I see that everybody needed help to be saved. And the only help that could be found is within the cross of Christ. In the cross of Christ, it is the only cross that will allow one to crucify himself. Listen to Paul in Galatians 2 and verse 20. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul said, I have crucified myself. In Galatians 5.24, Paul again says, And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. The cross allows us to crucify ourselves, to put ourselves to death, to be, as Paul talked about in Romans chapter 6 and verse 3, to when he said, Know ye not that so many of us, as were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should be raised to walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man of sin is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that from henceforth or from now on we should not serve sin. We put that old man crucified in that water of baptism, and we're baptized into that death of Christ. And when we do so, we're raised to walk in a newness of life. And it's through the cross of Christ, the only cross that allows us to crucify ourselves. In the cross of Christ, we find the only blood that will redeem man, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, Ephesians 1 and verse 7, and also paralleled from Colossians 1.14. Listen to the words of Paul in Philippians 3 and verse 9 when he said concerning Christ, And be found in him, not having my own righteousness which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. That righteousness that's brought forth through the gospel message, Romans 1, 16 and 17. Dear friends, we need the cross of Christ. If the cross tells one that one cannot save himself... The cross is right. We cannot save ourselves. We need the cross of Christ. Take away the cross. Take away the cross of Christ totally out of the picture. You and I could not save ourselves if we tried. But it's through the cross that we are obedient unto God and unto Christ. And the cross tells us that one cannot save himself. We need Christ. What does the cross tell us? Thirdly, the cross tells us that only the Lord can forgive. In Luke 19.10, he came from heaven to seek and to save that which was lost. And Jesus expressed power on earth to save people. When he walked on this earth, he had the power to save. Listen to Matthew 9, 1-7. So he got into a boat and crossed over and came to his own city. Then behold, they brought to him a paralytic lying on a bed. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, be of good cheer, your sins are forgiven you. And at once some of the scribes said within themselves, This man blasphemes. 
But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, Arise and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. Then he said to the paralytic, Arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. And he arose and departed to his house. I've got to pause and mention, Can you imagine what his family thought when he walked back in the door, carrying that bed with him? What a beautiful, beautiful thought. See, while Jesus was on this earth, he had the power to forgive sin. When he was on the cross before he took his last breath, he had the power to forgive the thief that had crucified him, or rather the thief that had cast uh, insults upon him. The thief that was crucified with him, Jesus told him today, you shall be with me in paradise. And sometimes we want to look at that cross as the cross of salvation. No, it's the cross of Christ. While Jesus was alive on this earth, he had the power to forgive sin. We see that. So when he forgave that thief on the cross, Jesus was still living. Dear friends, this is where forgiveness is granted. That cross tells me that unless I come to it, I have no forgiveness. Nobody wants that. I want forgiveness from God, and He has made it possible through the cross of Jesus Christ. Only the Lord can forgive. Let's interject another thought. Sometimes we feel like we cannot forgive ourselves. We feel like that we have committed such a great sin or a number of sins, we cannot be forgiven. Dear friends, when we believe that, we are taking power away from the cross, and not a one of us would do that intentionally because we understand it took the cross of Christ to redeem man. Sometimes we say, let me get everything straightened out first. I've had people tell me, I need to straighten out a few things before I come back to the church. Well, dear friends, why not cast your care upon Christ and allow Him to help you take care of those things? After all, we got ourselves in that shape. Are we really strong enough to get ourselves out of that shape, knowing only the Lord can forgive? We need to get our lives right, dear friends. Now, earlier, our J-Web shared with us a free gift that we'd love to send you. So in case you missed it, let's hear it again. Jay? Hey, friends. For listening today, we'd like to send you absolutely free a book titled The Glory and Agony of the Cross. May we send it to you? Please call toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988 and leave your name, address, and just say, Cross Book. That's it. Again, call toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988 and please leave your name, address, and just say, Cross Book. You may also go to our website at internationalgospelhour.com, click on the Contact tab, and leave us the same information name, address, and type CROSSBOOK. We'll send it right away. We trust this study of the cross of Christ will be encouraging. Let's go back to Jeff. The cross tells us that God loves us. Oh, let's think of what is called the most beautiful passage in all the Bible. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world, that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That is a beautiful text, a text that reminds us of God's greatest gift to mankind, giving His only begotten Son. In 1 John 4 and verse 8, John elaborates upon this love that God had for the world. 
He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us, and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Now that word propitiation is a price that would be like a buyback. He sent His Son to be the only price to buy us back from the grasp of Satan himself. Now, dear friends, when I think about this statement, how the cross tells us that God loves us, I want to back up and put all four points together, and I want us to see this. The cross tells us that mankind has hope, although because of sin, mankind has hope. The cross tells us that one cannot save himself. The cross tells us that only the Lord can forgive. And the cross tells us that God loves us. Do we see the cross supplying everything that we need? Without the cross, we have no hope. With the cross, we have hope. Without the cross, we cannot save ourselves. With the cross, we cannot save ourselves. But God says, come to the cross and be obedient. Only the Lord can forgive, and He does so through the cross. And God loves us, and He has expressed that love to us in sending Jesus to die for us. We do not need to doubt God. So again, you put all these four points together, consider all of this. I cannot do it by myself. I need someone greater, and I need God. How thankful we are for His love. His love is so great. His grace is so powerful. His mercy endures forever. Dear friends, let's think on these things And let us come to the cross of Jesus Christ. What does the cross tell us? The cross tells us that our will is irrelevant. We must give it up. You know, I think about the hymn that we sing from time to time, Sweet Will of God. As that hymn begins, it says, My stubborn will at last hath yielded. I would be thine and thine alone. It is a hymn that declares that one is finally giving up on himself, and he's giving himself over to God. And only through the cross might one be reconciled both unto God in one body by the cross. Listen to Ephesians 2 and verse 16. And that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. Now that's an interesting point there that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross. The both, or the them, that is there, if you will, would be Jew and Gentile. And when you think about that, folks, there is a race issue there. In our nation, as we discuss race issues, as the cross of Christ could bring Jew and Gentile one, the cross of Christ can bring any nationality, regardless of the color of skin, together, through the blood of Jesus Christ and through His cross. We're reminded in the latter part of Galatians 3, there's neither Jew nor Greek, bond nor free, male nor female. You are all one in Christ Jesus. And it's through the cross of Christ that no matter what the race might be, God will redeem. And we are all brothers and sisters in Christ when we are obedient to the gospel of Christ. One must give up his own will. In Luke 9 and verse 23, Jesus said, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. We must deny ourselves. We have to give it up. 
If we continue to walk in a life to where we say, well, I need to take care of a few things, and then I'll come to God, are we truly giving up? Because if we fail to get those few things straightened out before we come to Christ, we're going to lose all hope. Does the cross of Christ tell us that we need to respond with our lives in obedience to His will? Dear friends, the cross of Jesus Christ tells us a lot of things. When we look upon that cross and we see the cruel death that He died, the suffering that He endured, hours upon that cross, and yet we can see that the cross is such a blessing to us. He died that we might live. Would you turn to Christ today in simple trusting faith, dear friends? Repenting of your sins, as Jesus commanded in Luke 13 and verse 3, as Peter proclaimed on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. If you truly believe in Christ, and that is a command that Christ brought forth in John 8:24. And we cannot please Him unless we believe in Him, Hebrews 11.6. When we believe in Christ, we're going to respond to His will. When we believe in Christ, we're going to carry forth what He says. He commanded repentance. He even commanded confession in Matthew 10.32 and 33. And then He commanded baptism into Christ, of what we discussed a few moments ago from Romans 6. But He declared its necessity in such text as Mark 16.16 as well as Matthew 28 and verse 19. Dear friends, what does the cross tell us? The cross tells us a lot of wonderful things. I am thankful through the cross one can have hope. One cannot save himself. He will turn to the cross and rely upon Christ to be obedient to His will and have the forgiveness that only the Lord can provide through the cross. And we cannot doubt the love of God in our lives. But, dear friends, we must give up our will. If we have brought forth some things today for your consideration, we hope you will study further. And let's continue our studies together here, shall we? Thanks for joining me on the International Gospel Hour today. I'm Jeff Archie, and dear friends, keep listening. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. We hope, first, that it glorified God. But, second, we hope that it edified you. Listen to it again if you need to, or to other lessons in this series by going to the Media tab at our site, internationalgospelhour.com. Oh.